Anyway, did you guys notice this over here? Yeah. I thought this was a really good idea, and I've been probably lax in some respects in that I probably have not really regarded prophetic words in my life maybe the way that I should. Now, I've been always really a big one on the Bible, the Word of God, and putting great emphasis on that, and that was you know the correct thing to do. But as far as words go, I've been a little bit lax, but I thought that this was really good because these were inspirational words that came out this morning just in prayer, you know, over there. And um, there's something fresh to it. Yeah. And, I, I, you know, Bill Johnson, you know, one of the person I really like among some different ones, but he says that he'll take prophetic words that were given to him, you know, kind of through the years. And ones that really spoke to him, he'll put them on, you know, like a four by six card or he might have them in his computer or something, but he'll go over those again and again and again. And um, so I thought this was a really good idea that Jane had, uh, just writing down some of the words that came out during you know our prayer time. And um, you know, it's interesting with things like this, you can kind of grab a hold of it and run with it. It may speak to you or it may not, but uh, you know, you see ones that just resonate with your heart and, uh, you know, the Lord can really use that. So I hope this is something maybe that we'll kind of kind of keep up. This one here was, Cherry said, was kind of a uh, Charles Capps quote, which I always like Charles Capps myself. But he said, God's word is not void of power. It is waiting for us to voice it. Um, his word is only, only void of power when we don't speak it. Yes. Amen. 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 And, you know, in that idea of speaking is proclaiming it, saying it over yourself, your circumstances in your life. Uh, it may seem dark, but just pull the string. <laughs> Has anybody ever not been too smart? <laughs> we, were, we were kidding in the back because, you know, kind of things I would hear growing up was like, yeah, you have all this potential. You just got to use it. In other words, I wasn't really, you know, living up to my potential. And uh, kind of my joke always was my best class in school was looking out the window. You know, I was always good at that, daydreaming. So I wasn't maybe living up to my potential. But, um, you know, the revelation of God is always there. And I think it's just up to us to, so to speak, pull the string or open the door and let the Lord speak into our lives. So. Yeah. Anyway, I've got a little message for this morning, and it'll actually be a little bit different than maybe what I planned. And one thing I really like about the church here, it's such a place of inspiration. And I was, I showed Jamie, I had some notes that I typed up, and I showed them to Jamie, and we were kind of talking about it. It was some message that I gave way back at Living Faith 12 years ago, and then gave it to several other churches. And it's a really good message, actually. I really like it. It's on soul-winning, evangelism, and it's kind of a four-step kind of a thing. And then Jamie said to me something like, yeah, you really need to do something fresh, you know. <laughs> I'm living off messages that I did, you know, 20 years back, that kind of thing. And actually, and there's some really good points to this message. I might bring it up. But as we were uh, kind of towards the end of worship, I had a couple of verses that really kind of came to my mind. You know, I, I mean, this is such a great church in some ways because there's so many churches that you could never do that. You couldn't speak off the cuff, so to speak. You know, you needed to stick to your four-point plan, that kind of thing. And, uh, you know, all that's good, but sometimes it's not good for the moment. 
And um, so I had these verses come to my mind, and it does deal with evangelism. And we in the fuel group uh, meeting that we had on Saturday really kind of uh, went back and forth on the subject. I really like that because, you know, in that I don't certainly have all the answers, but I think each of us carry some things that could be helpful. And uh, it was just one of these things where nobody was left out. Everybody brought something to the table. And we kind of went back and forth about evangelism and evangelism here in the Myrtle Beach area. And, you know, just all sorts of different ideas were coming back and forth. I just kind of felt like we were kind of uh, gleaning off one another and kind of like um, bouncing off one another. That kind of thing. And it's just interesting to see the way that the Lord will lead. But I've got some verses here that I think really expose the passion and the fervor of the early church. And I really personally believe that that's one thing that God is bringing us back to. Yes. I mean, you, you witness and you speak out of a passion or a fervor. And if you're not doing it for that reason, then it's just dry, it's just road, it's academic. It's almost like you're being, feel like you're being forced into it. And the other person on the other end probably realizes that, you know, it's kind of like you're cornering somebody and, you know, I mean, you're just following, well, there's nothing wrong with that, but the Roman road, so to speak. And, you know, he's the 20th person in a row that you've been pushing into a corner, you know, and you're just kind of going over it from rope, but there's no life in it. And we were watching, it's kind of interesting, but we, uh, we turned on God TV while we were eating last night, and there was, lo and behold, some show on evangelism. I wasn't familiar with it, but, uh, you know, it just happened to be on there watching it. I mean, they had some good points, but it was kind of like the same old, same old kind of a thing. And in, on one hand, there's, there's nothing wrong with that in that you should know some good evangelistic points. But on the other hand, there's nothing like the inspiration of the moment. Can I get an amen? Amen. Can I get a whoop amen? <laughs> and I guarantee you, the Lord will always give you something. And we all remember that verse in the Bible. Jesus talked about how you'll be brought before the authorities. You won't know what to say, but the Spirit of God will just give you the words. And I think one of the greatest hindrances sometimes is simply the hindrance of not opening up our mouth. And I found so many instances in my own life when I was with somebody and and either a I just began to speak and you know two seconds later I was saying things that I had never thought of you know and yet I knew it was ministering life and on the other hand I've been I've been in the same situation where I didn't say anything and then once that individual was gone I had this sinking feeling on the inside that I missed that opportunity so I, I guess my uh, one of my points for today is would simply be don't miss the opportunity yes Amen. Amen. Don't miss the opportunity. So I've actually got a title for my little message, and my title is, You've Got the Goods. <laughs> You've got the goods. Talking about you, talking about me, talking about every, everyone in this room. I like how the Apostle Paul lived his life from the inside out. And what a great example. He said in Romans chapter 1, he said, as much as in me is, I'll preach the gospel. And to me, that always just bounces right off of where Jesus said, the good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth that which is good, for out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. 
So see, it's that which on the inside will be used to minister praise, praise the Lord. So is anybody ready today? Are you ready for a life-changing moment this morning? I can guarantee you today that you'll never be the same again after we leave this place. See, we are taking Myrtle Beach. Hallelujah. It belongs to us. You know, the Bible talks about how the heathen are inheritance. And I'm convinced that the only thing that will ever stop us is us. Is us. So let us look at 2 Corinthians chapter 1. Oh, excuse me, chapter 4, verse 1. I love this little spot here. You know, and I don't think of it really, really spoke out of it too much. Um, actually, why don't we start with verse 3. And uh, Jamie encouraged me, so well, why don't you tell some stories out of the mission stuff I used to do years ago or whatever. So we'll see if that comes up. But, you know, it is amazing when you kind of put yourself on the line, what can happen next? Yeah. I just like kind of the unexpected, you know? I just kind of like, just like putting it out there. The Bible says, cast your bread upon the waters and after many days it shall return unto you. Mm. You don't know exactly how it's coming back, but you just know it's coming, you know. Anyway, this is a really great spot, I think, that really exposes the heart of the Apostle Paul, 2 Corinthians 4, 3, he said, even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing. We obviously can see that. In whose case the God of this world has blinded the minds of the unbelieving so that they might not see the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. For we do not preach ourselves, but Christ Jesus as Lord, and ourselves as your bondservants for Jesus' sake. Now, he's getting ready to get in something. I mean, that's just kind of like a leading up, kind of like a jumping off spot in my mind into some really deep waters, into some really great thoughts, you know. So this here is just loaded. He said, For God who said, Light shall shine out of darkness, is the one who is shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. And you know, I've heard this verse kind of through the years, and I got to admit, I've always kind of viewed it in, in almost a selfish way. In that, you know, I viewed it in terms of like God getting bigger and bigger and bigger on the inside of me, and me getting more and more revelation, and me just walking out all these great things. And although there's an aspect to that, I think the next verse, and maybe even the verse after that, gives a little fuller meaning. Mm -hmm. And I'll read that same verse again, but keep this in mind that in the Old Testament, it says that the earth shall be full of the knowledge of the glory of God. Now, I've heard that misquoted a number of times where it says the earth shall be full of the glory of God. And, of course, we can look at it from that standpoint. But really, the wording of it is the knowledge of the glory. Right. And he says the same thing here. It's this knowledge of the glory of God. The glory of God is nothing more than a manifestation of the Spirit of God. It's when God manifests Himself. We see, the Bible talks about that we would see the glory of Jesus. Uh, you know, the Bible talks about how the Spirit of God raised Jesus from the dead, but then it also says how He was raised by the glory of God. The glory of God in the Old Testament we know was called the Shekinah glory. It meant the manifestation of His Spirit that could be seen. Yeah. So I'm going to read that verse again. He says, 
For God who said, light shall shine out of darkness, is the one who has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. But we have this treasure. What is that treasure? That treasure is the light of the knowledge of the glory. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels so that the surpassing greatness of the power will be of God and not of ourselves. We are afflicted in every way, but not crushed, perplexed, but not despairing, persecuted, but not forsaken, struck down, but not destroyed, always caring about in the body the dying of Jesus so that the life of Jesus also may be manifest in our body. Mm. Now, that, now that's just, that's really good. Because God desires to manifest Himself through us. And the way He manifests Himself through us is in our weakness, is in the outpouring of our lives. And I tell you, the Lord just wants us to be so full of Him that He just pours right back out. That's right. So we have this treasure in earthen vessels. Why do we have it? So that we can share it with everybody else. You know, that's, that's the part where I... We we'll look at this in kind of a uh, selfish kind of way, and that I'm thinking, "Wow, man, I got this treasure, got this treasure, you know, you know, Amen. I'm gonna spend it all myself." <laughs> you guys know Jamie and I like to go camping, and uh, you know, camping is just a real experience because in the we were just at Myrtle Beach State Park, you know, last week, and and you know, there, I mean, you see the you see the. Uh, the, the haves and the have-nots. You know, I mean, you see people in their $200,000 plus, you know, RVs, and then you see people in tents. I mean, it's just kind of like, you know, one next to another. And uh, it's very easy while you're there to have uh, what's called a camper envy. I mean, we do it. I mean, we'll ride around like, wow, look at that. Oh, if I only had that, you know. In fact, that's kind of what got me into camping to start with. We'd run around the campgrounds, and I'd look at these campers, and i see these people sitting out in their chairs out front, and i think, wow, these guys got it made. If I only had that. <laughs> Have you ever thought that way? Yep. If I only had this, if I only had that, wouldn't life be wonderful? There was a song years ago. Somebody say years ago. Years ago, and this song—I mean, I mean—it was by a, you know a very secular band, but the words really kind of ring through, true through, for all humanity. And the song went, "I can't get no satisfaction, but I try and I try and I try." You know, if I just had this, if I just had that, if I just had one more thing, if my camper was thirty feet instead of twenty feet, wouldn't life be wonderful? If I had a Ford F-250 instead of a Ford F-150, wouldn't it be wonderful? If my yard was a little bit bigger, right? If I only had a swimming pool, my neighbor two doors down is putting in a big pool. If I only had a swimming pool. If I only had this. If I only had that, you know? And I guess, you know, a lot of times we kind of view the gospel in a selfish kind of a manner. But what I seem to be getting out of this verse is that there's a taking in, but there's a giving back out. There's a great dynamic in the kingdom of God. And that dynamic is that we take in, but we give back out. You don't go to church so much to get a blessing as much as you get a blessing and take it back out. 
We've got the good. The good. Somebody say, I've got the goods. <laughs> but you know, the goods in a way will do you no good unless you take those goods out and you share them. Praise the, praise the Lord. Amen. And you know, really, there's a thirsty world around us that needs what the Spirit of God is doing in our life. So I have another verse. It's in John 7, 37. Are you guys kind of with me so far? Yeah. yeah. I, I just like these verses, you know. Go ahead. Look, look for that one. But as you do, I'll read this one more time. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels so that the surpassing greatness of the power will be of God and not from ourselves. Always caring about in the body the dying of Jesus. Why? So that the life of Jesus might be made manifest in our flesh. I want to say today that God wants to manifest himself through you and me. He wants to show himself to be God, you know, through our lives. You know that you'll never do it alone. Anytime that you step out for Jesus, you'll never do it alone. You'll never experience the goodness of God until you, so to speak, put yourself out on that limb. Mm. Right. Right. Until you reach that point in your life where you simply can't go anymore on anymore in your own strength and your own ability. I like to say it like this, you guys. Uh, Your ceiling can become God's floor. Mm. Where you hit the wall, so to speak, when you reach the end of yourself, that's where the Spirit of God is can begin. Somebody say, I need help. I need help. help. (laughs) Oh, guess what? The helper lives on the inside. Amen. What does the Bible say? Greater is he that's in me me than he that's in the world. Hallelujah. So we have something to share, you know. Anyway, John chapter 7, verse 37. Yes, yes, yes. Other great, great verses. Now on the last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried out saying, If anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture said, from his innermost being will flow rivers of living water. But this he spoke of the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were to receive, for the Spirit was not yet given because Jesus was not yet glorified. Now, you know, it's interesting always with Jesus. To me, it always seems like there's always a dual aspect to everything that he says. There's a natural aspect to it. He was speaking at the last day of the feast. It's my understanding it was the feast where they would, you know, they would talk about the water in the well. And, uh, and so there was a natural aspect to it, but then there was such a spiritual side to it. And I think if we're not careful, we'll miss, obviously miss that spiritual side. Nicodemus, remember him, you know, Mm -hmm. ruler of the synagogue, this kind of thing. Jesus says to him, you know, you must be born again. And he's like, what are you talking about? How can a man enter again into his mother's womb? And then Jesus spoke more to more, uh, you know, spiritual wisdom to him. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, but that which is born of the spirit is spirit. So this verse, these verses that I just read, they have a you know, dual application, but they have a very real spiritual application. Jesus said, if any man thirst, let him come to me and drink. It's my understanding that the verb tense in the idea, in the, in the words coming and drinking, are in the continual sense in that it has an idea of not just coming and getting a drink, 
but it has an idea of a continual coming and a continual thirsting. Once again, there's that great dynamic in the kingdom of God of an inflow of an outflow. As we give out, He gives back in. And we all know the problem with a lot of us is we become very stagnant. Somebody say stagnant. And I believe today that there's a great stirring of the waters in our life. And I believe today that there's a great stirring in our life. And I believe today that God is calling us to step out of the box, to step out of the boundaries, and literally step into the mission field of the world that surrounds us. I'm feeling good. <laughs> you know, it really is funny, but you know, we, we look at our churches and yeah, I think we just forget that there's millions of people all around us that need the Lord that are not in church, you know? I was down in uh, Myrtle Beach. I went to a prayer thing on Friday night in uh, down at the coffee house in uh, Myrtle Beach. Is it called Broadway? Coffeehouse? It's Boardwalk. Boardwalk, yeah. It's Broadway at the beach, Boardwalk. Um, yeah, it was right by the old Bowery. I can remember going to the Bowery when I was 18 or whatever it was. But anyway, we went up there and we, you know, it's kind of a prayer thing was going on. And, uh, you know, all was good. I was up maybe for a couple of hours. I don't know how long it was. But anyway, when I came back out, we were walking to the car, you know, which was parked way over by the Methodist church over there. So this little walk, I was just struck how many people there were out there. You know, it's biker week, a lot of bikes and this sort of stuff, you know. And you're just like, man. I mean, we're so caught up a lot of times in our own little world that we miss the world at large, you know. I mean, there's just a world out there. Yeah. I mean, honestly, we can look at church on Sunday morning and say, well, where's so-and-so at? You know, come up with three or four people in our minds say, well, you know, they should be here. Well, maybe they should, but then I look at there's thousands and thousands of people out there beyond the three or four that normally here that aren't here, and we're more concerned with the three or four that have been in church all their lives than the thousands and thousands that don't know anything about the Lord. Amen. 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 So, you know, we really live in a good place, Myrtle Beach. I mean, you know, I mean, we just get a lot of, I mean, there's a lot of sinners down there. <laughs> That's true. Hallelujah. Somebody say, I've got the goods. I got the goods. Amen. So, you know these verses. <laughs> Let me read them again. I'm having fun. You know, hey, I don't know where I'm going at all. I don't have a clue. I mean, I know I'm going home in a little while. I know I might get a chicken bowl on the way home, but beyond that, <laughs> I don't know a lot. I know I'll probably get my nap today. Amen. <laughs> so I don't get cranky like I like to say. Okay. Jesus stood, cried out, saying, If anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. He's obviously speaking about a spiritual thirst. Right. All right, I'm going to do something. I want you to hold your place right here. I want to turn back to John chapter 4 because there are two dynamics in the kingdom of God. Once again, the dynamic of the inflow, but the dynamic of the outflow. And this next verse really deals with the outflow, but there's more to the inflow if you look in John chapter 4. Can I get a year? Yeah. 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 All right. John chapter 4. So just a few pages back, y'all. This is another one of my favorite places. I'll say, why don't we we go back a little bit? We'll start the story at verse 7. Once again, this is an interesting, interesting spot. I, I know that most of us are probably familiar with this. 
in that Jesus is using a natural example to explain a spiritual truth. You know, all parables really went along those lines in that he would use a natural example to explain how the kingdom of God worked, you know. So once again, that kind of that dual nature to it. Uh, John chapter 4, verse 7, There came a woman of Samaria to draw water. Jesus said to her, Give me a drink. For his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. Therefore, the Samaritan woman said to Jesus, she said, How is it that you, being a Jew, ask me for a drink since I am a Samaritan woman? For the Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. Jesus answered, said to her, See, I love this. Now he's getting ready to jump off, you know. In other words, to me, he's kind of set the stage and he's he's getting ready to speak a spiritual truth to her. Jesus answered um, and said to her, If you knew the gift of God... And who it is who says to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. Can anybody tell me what living water is? What's that, Jane? Yeah. You know, the word living, I haven't checked this out, but I'm pretty sure it's probably that same Greek word that we're familiar with, the word zoe. And the word zoe means literally the life and the nature of God. You know. Jesus talked about as the Father hath life in Himself, so hath He given to the Son to have life. And it says, same Zoe life. I've come that you might have life in abundance. It says, same Zoe life. So living water is obviously talking about the Spirit, Spirit of God. Mm-hmm. Bill Johnson says he puts a real premium in the Beatitudes on where it sucks about being poor in spirit. Right. Now, I grew up in the, the faith movement. I've enjoyed talking with some of Chuck because we listened to some of the, the teachers in years gone by, and he went to a church that I actually visited in, sort of say Montana, but it's not Montana. Yeah, so. You know, all those states out there. Are, uh, <laughs> all those states out there. <laughs> <laughs> kind of somewhere out there. Beyond Spartanburg. Yeah, beyond Spartanburg. Out there. <laughs> oh, really, once you go past Ainer and Walt B, you're getting out there. You know, <laughs> you know I got to tell this, I got to tell this. So, you know, Jamie is from Kentucky, right? So we had been going out several weeks or something like that, you know, and I knew she told me Kentucky, right? So anyway, so she went to visit her mother in Kentucky, right, for a few days, and her parents and family, this kind of thing. So I saw on the news that they were having storms out towards Kansas. Well, I'm thinking, you know, I forgot about Kentucky. I'm thinking Kansas, Kentucky, what's the difference, right? It's somewhere, somehow out that way. So I sent her a message, a text message, and I said, you know, watch out because they're having storms in Kansas, you know. But Kansas is several, several states over. Needless to say, her mother's a really wonderful person, but she wasn't too sure about me at first. <laughs> but to me, it's all, it's all out there somewhere. You know what's the difference? Montana, Michigan, <laughs> Iowa, <laughs> Illinois, all out there somewhere. <laughs> California. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what that has to do with what we're talking about this morning. <laughs> All right, so living water obviously deals with the Spirit of God. Praise God. Amen. And you know, I said because as a faith person, you were just trained. And I think there's a lot of value in it to make positive word-based, word-based confessions. Amen. Right, you simply make declarations, proclamations over your life based upon the Word. But I have to admit, most of the scriptures we ever use were, were, were scriptures like, you know, I'm more than a conqueror. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, which are really great verses. But we never use the verse, 
I'm poor in spirit. Amen. <laughs> you know, even though, obviously, when you look into it, there's plenty in that verse, you know. But that just wasn't, a, you know, if anything, we talked about being rich, you know. But, uh, you know, Bill Johnson puts a real premium on that poor in spirit. And I think that there's a, a aspect to it because if you don't recognize your depravity, if you don't recognize your own humanity, you really have difficult receiving God's divinity. Can I get a year? Amen. Amen. So if you don't recognize your own need, how can the Lord ever meet your needs? Right, 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 right. So Jesus was saying about our need for this living water. Right. I mean, I've never felt, I've never had in my life anything that can produce any real satisfaction other than what the Lord has to, has to give me. I mean, I've done just like everybody else. You know, you buy something, you think, whoa, boy, this is going to be great. You know, after a day or so, you're like, <laughs> you're on to something else, you know. I mean, this is going to sound so dumb. Have you ever noticed how at the, you know, where the registers, you know, where you check out at most stores, They'll have all sorts of gums. They'll have all sorts of candies, all sorts of stuff, you know. And I've honestly a few times gotten some mints or something like that, thinking like, oh, these mints, they look so good. You know, if I only had a mint, boy, life would be so great, you know. I mean, no, it sounds really weird, but I mean, I've wasted about, you know, I don't know, two bucks on mints, you know. And then, like, I get out of the car and I can't wait to unwrap the mint and take one. And then after, like, I've had... I've chewed on the mint a few minutes. I'm like, well, it's just a mint, you know I mean? <laughs> so anyway, so Jesus wants us to have living water. Somebody say living water. Living water. I tell you what, nobody can get me laughing the way Sherry gets me laughing. I tell you what, that lady is something else. Praise the Lord. All right. So she said to him, verse 11, Sir, you have nothing to draw with, for the well is deep. Where are you going to get that living water? She's, of course, thinking naturally. Uh, she said, you are not greater than our father Jacob, are you, who gave us the well, drank of it himself, and his sons, and his cattle. Jesus answered, said to her, I love these words. Jesus answered and said to her, everyone who drinks of this water will thirst again. Somebody say thirst again. Thirst again. But whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. Say never thirst. Never thirst. Now listen to this. But the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. Now, I got a question for, you know, for all of us is, is that that water, that deposit, the Bible says, but you have an anointing from the Holy One and you know all things. That word anointing is also translated as unction, but it's really referring to the Spirit of God. Uh, what does the Bible say? You know, it talks about how we've been given a down payment of the Holy Ghost in our life. Somebody say, I've got the goods. But you know, those goods will really do you no good unless you share the wealth. Amen. And I tell you, there's no increase without giving out. You know, I've, looked, I've heard so many times that verse used. I used it myself way back when we did missions work and we'd send out letters for, you know, for prayer and for support. And, you know, and I've used that verse where it says, given it shall be given unto you. 
Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, shall men heap unto your bosom. For the measure that you meet with all shall be measured unto you again. I've used that, I don't know how many times in terms, and heard it used in terms of like, as you, as you give financially, it shall be given back to you. And I'm not saying that's a wrong way to use it, but I'm really not sure it's exactly in the context of where that verse was written. But looking at that verse, there is an absolute dynamic that as you give out, you get back in return. Does anybody in here want to grow spiritually? Yeah. Well, I, the only way I know to grow, I mean, obviously you do all the things you study, you, but you've got to walk it out. Because in that walking out, your faith is strengthened. In that walking out, there's just an idea of partnering with God. God desires to partner with us today. And that partnering is only to the extent that we step out with what we have. You're always, somebody say always. always. You're always stepping out on sure, solid ground when you step out according to what you have on the inside. Amen. Yes. I, I just, I mean, I don't, I don't want to brag, but I mean, I've just, you know, I guess so many years of just speaking to people and so many years of just like Sherry and I go in the jail and I have a clue what I was going to say, you know, and so many years of just kind of stepping out that you felt like you were on solid ground that somehow the Lord was going to rescue you. Yeah. Amen. Has anybody ever been in that spot where you said something and you didn't know what to say next? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I think that's a great spot and a way to be because that's when God can show himself to be God. Right. I remember this example I always thought it was a good one. Uh, when Amy Simple McPherson began to preach, maybe she was fairly young, 17 years old, this kind of thing, and she was at some meeting, and I think she just got called up to the podium, and she really had never spoken to anybody, you know, previously, you know, at least in that capacity. And she's like, she didn't know what to do, but she, I mean, she got up, and she said as she was walking up there, she got a verse. So just when she got up there, she just told the verse. And then when she said that verse, all of a sudden she had another verse. If that isn't the Lord, I don't know what is. Mm. Hey, Amen. You guys got me feeling yeah. good. good. I'm feeling pretty good. Uh-huh. I mean, yeah, I'm going to be feeling good when I get my nap this afternoon as well, but hey. <laughs> what I like to say, that'll keep me from being cranky later on, you know. <laughs> Which is not good. So, Jesus said, Whosoever drinketh of this water shall thirst again. But whoso drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. For the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. Amen. So I want to say today that the Lord wants to, He wants to stir up the water in our heart, in our lives. I want to say today that God wants to stir us up to go out of here to be bold, praise God. To proclaim, to boldly proclaim what He has to say. You know, not to be obnoxious, all these sort of things. But I, I, I know that the Lord will give us a due word in due season. So to finish up, somebody say finish up. Finish up. Yeah. Uh, John chapter 7 one more time. We'll finish up with that. Same thing. John 7, 37, 39. So I want to read these verses, but then I want to come, I want to come, I want to get to the end of them because obviously there's a message here. 
On the last day, verse 37, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood out, cried, saying, If anyone is thirsty, let him come to me a drink. Once again, the verb tense means a continual, repetitive kind of thing. Continual thirsting, continual coming. Um, he who believes in me, as the scripture has said, from his innermost being will flow rivers of living water. I have a, a really good book by Dutch Sheets at home, and he deals with that phrase, innermost being, and King James translates it as belly. And he said, I haven't totally checked this out, but I'm sure he's right. He said that word is actually the word that's translated womb. Now, what comes out of a womb? Life. Life. There's a birthing aspect. The Apostle Paul said to the Galatians in chapter, in, uh, you know, Galatians chapter 5, he said, I travail in birth until Christ be formed in you. I really like that thought. You know, because there's just an idea of this river of life that flows out of us. Amen? Yeah. There's an old song. Somebody say, old song. Old. I really don't want to try and sing it. But it simply says, i got to sing. You, you probably know it, Ira. Not that you're that old, but you know a lot of songs. There's a river of life flowing out of me. It makes the lame to walk and the blind to see. It opens prison doors, sets the captives free. There's a river of life flowing out of me. That's a great song, isn't it? So Jesus said, out of his innermost being or his belly shall flow rivers of living water. And then in my mind, he kind of caps it off. He describes exactly what he's saying. He says, but this he spoke of the Spirit, whom those who believed on him were to receive, for the Holy Ghost was not yet given, for Jesus was not yet glorified. Mm. So I guess my challenge for all of us today is just let the Lord out. Yeah. You know, there's an awesome, awesome thought that Jesus ministers through you and I as we minister. Maybe you have a neighbor. Maybe the guy's been, you know, been sick, had some you know, things wrong with him. You can minister Jesus to him, you know? You know, really the same anointing that's on the head is upon his body. And I guess my word of challenge for all of us would just be go out and step out into what He has for us. Praise yes, the Lord. I've got a real simple prayer and hopefully we'll just all pray it. But you know, you're only sold out to the moment or to the degree of your dedication and consecration to God. And the Lord can only flow through us to the extent that our lives are given over to Him. And so I've just got a real simple prayer for, uh, goes right along with that. And I guess at the end of that, we'll all, uh, you know, go our ways. But Father, we love you this morning. We worship you. We honor you. We magnify you. We exalt you. We praise you. We thank you, dear Lord. Father, we ask that you use us in such a great, great way, dear Lord. Yes, yes. And this body right here has an inside out kind of a mentality. That yes, we're cognizant, we're aware of what you're doing on the inside, but we're oh so aware of all humanity that's out beyond these four walls, dear Lord. Yes, Lord. And Father, I just ask that you help each one of us in this room today to have the unction of the Spirit of God to step up into whatever the moment calls for, dear Lord. That we'll just step out and, and just proclaim what you would have to proclaim to other people's lives, dear Father. That each one of us today would know the leading of the Holy Ghost in terms of just the people we work with and the people that we know and the people that we run into all, all the time, dear Lord. That each one of us would know 
that there's a calling in the kingdom. And the calling in the kingdom is to share the Word of God. Praise God. That you would be glorified, that you would be honored in our lives, in all the earth. Would you guys say this please? Say, Father God, take my life. Use my life. Let your will be done with my life. Not my will, but God's be done. In Jesus' name. Amen. Everybody have a blessed day, you all. Well done, Robert. Stay here. Um, anyone that needs prayer that would like to be um, get an infilling for outreach or for being filled with the Holy Spirit or just for the river of life flowing out of you, Robert and I will be up here to pray. Yeah. So anybody that wants to come to get filled, yes. come forward.